I'm John DiLiberto, and you're hearing the Echoes podcast from PRX. Shearwater is a band that has always crafted a more intimate rock sound, but on their new album, The Great Awakening, that sound becomes ambient with electronics and nature noises, recorded by Jonathan Myberg, who writes and sings all their music. We talk about the interface of music, nature, and the universe. Before we get to that, I want to tell you about Echoes Online. You know you're probably going to be traveling somewhere this summer where you can't hear Echoes. But you could take the perfect travel soundtrack with you by getting a subscription to Echoes Online. Echoes Online gives you 24-7 on-demand access to Echoes shows. There's also exclusive online-only streams and Echoes shows without the talking, in other words, without me, just the music. So just get the free Echoes app on your cell phone and you can take Echoes with you pretty much anywhere you can get a signal. Whether you're lying on the beach in the Caribbean, bombing down an interstate in the Midwest, or moving through the ancient sites of Europe, Echoes can score your journey. Go to echoes.org to find out more about Echoes Online. And now, let's take a walk through the jungles of Shearwater and Jonathan Myberg. You're hearing Echoes from PRX, and I'm John DiLiberto. Using natural sounds and music recorded from the environment has become a staple tactic in music, especially in New Age recordings. But Jonathan Myberg, who records as Shearwater, has taken a different approach using nature as both accompanist and soloist on his new Shearwater album, The Great Awakening. It's a recording of moody songs and intimate vocals. favorite records have this quality where it seems like they're almost listening to you and I wanted to make a record that has that quality about it that you feel there's room for you inside the songs inside the music somehow in the flutter of an That's Jonathan Myberg from the band Shearwater. I'm talking to him on the Riverside FM app from his home in Hamburg, Germany. Now in his mid-40s, he looks younger with his boyish face, short, straight, sandy-colored hair, wire-room glasses, and wearing a blue windbreaker. He's in Hamburg because his wife's work took them there from their usual abode in Texas. Myberg fronts the group Shearwater, who grew out of another band, Ockerville River, in 1999. Since then, they've released some 12 studio albums. The latest, The Great Awakening, may be Myberg's most personal recording to date. I wanted my voice to come closer to you in some ways. You know, a, a record we listened to a lot, actually, while we were making this record was What's Going On by Marvin Gaye. Whoa, mercy, mercy me. Because it's just, there's no record like it. It's, it's such a world unto itself. And yet you really believe in that space. 
we kept just listening to it, admiring it, and how how effortless it feels, but clearly isn't, and how touching it is, how intimate it feels, uh, and, and vulnerable. Jonathan Myberg doesn't sing like Marvin Gaye, but he has created a powerful album that speaks to these times. The last Shearwater studio album was Jet Plane and Oxbow, recorded in 2015. It was very political and pretty rockin', but the new one takes a more somber turn, equally charged by politics, pandemic, and apocalypse. Yeah, it's a dark album. It's not that I wanted to make something that was bright and cheery, exactly. I think it's that I felt that on the last record I'd gotten so sucked into the human world and working on the book and living out in the middle of nowhere in Texas for a while helped remind me that the human story is important, but it's only one of many things happening simultaneously in the world, in the universe for that matter. And so I wanted to make a record that was zoomed out a bit and not so completely focused on what people do or don't do. It's no reason to cry You want to look in his eyes The moon is hard The wind is light Oh, you can see The book Myberg is talking about made him the only artist on Echoes who has also been interviewed by the Audubon Society. <laughs> That's probably true, yes. The book, I guess we should say, it's called A Most Remarkable Creature, The Hidden Life of the World's Smartest Bird of Prey. And it has very little to do with music in any linear way, although I think it does a lot in, in sort of some more abstract ways. But it follows this strange group of birds called caracaras, which are a an offshoot of the falcon family that mostly live in South America. And it follows them through evolutionary time. And in the book, I chase them all over the place, including into Guyana, which is in, in uh, northern tropical South America. And in that part of the book, we ascended a river called the Rewa River in southern Guyana, which is one of the wildest parts of all South America, just a beautiful tropical forest up in there. And I made some recordings uh, during that trip, which then ended up in the new Shearwater record years later. I think you enjoyed it. It's not a typical birds chirping, river gurgling, soothing sort of record. It's not meant to be soothing exactly. The places where they enter in the record are places where we knew we needed something to fill out the picture to kind of illustrate the, an emotional state, I guess, and these recordings happen to fit the bill. One of them features howler monkeys, which if you're listening and you've never heard a howler monkey, I recommend looking this up because it is just one of the most extraordinary sounds I've ever heard in the world. It sounds like someone ripping a hole in the fabric of space and time. It is just the craziest sound, and to hear it when you're not expecting it, especially out in the forest in this remote place, was mind-altering.
Much of the Great Awakening emerged out of the pandemic experience, including the track Laguna Seca, which has a bit of a psychotic edge to it. Especially if you remember, we're in rural Texas in the early days of the pandemic. I know in New York, there were a lot of people were setting up firecrackers all the time. Where we were living, there were a lot of our neighbors had a lot of guns and were just sort of shooting them off at random times, just to blow off steam. But it's hard not to be kind of unsettled by this. And you just felt like everything was kind of curdling. There were runs on toilet paper at the grocery store. Nobody knew how close you could get to another human being. Suddenly, everything seemed extremely threatening. And that sort of coupled with the political environment made it seem really ugly. And it's important to remember that that kind of ugliness is partly a choice and that people choose fear of one another. And you cannot choose it, but it's, but it's, a, it's a choice that we seem to be making more and more and more to be more and more afraid of one another. And that song has that feeling about it to me. also recorded a sonic refuge during the pandemic. He created Quarantine Music, a series of sub-ambient tracks recorded with Dan Duzinski, who also plays in Myberg's other group, Loma. Yeah, that we got very interested in nothing, uh, very interested in silences, and we would make different sections that would iterate and play off against one another. And then once we had sort of generated that in that sort of generative music way where we let it decide what it was, then we would go through and start pruning. And we got very involved in, in pruning those recordings to the point that sometimes we were almost daring ourselves to take away as much as we possibly could and leave the tiniest, tiniest thread for you to hang on to to get to the next point. You could get very extreme when you don't care if anybody's listening and the, the length of it is no object. That ambient influence on my bird comes from Brian Eno, the creator of ambient music. Yeah, it's hard to avoid him. He's just so prescient in the way that he thought about what pop music, very loosely defined, could be. They came into closer contact with Eno's world when they performed all of David Bowie's Berlin trilogy of albums. That's Low, Heroes, and Lodger. They did it in New York in 2018. Eno co-produced all those recordings. It was just a fascinating musical experience to, to listen to these records that were made uh, without any idea that many of those songs would ever be performed, I think, especially the instrumental parts in Side B of, of Low and Heroes, and to go through them and say, okay, let's recreate this note for note, uh, rest for rest. A lot of them, you know, were generated basically at random with Bowie and, you know, using the oblique strategies cards and that kind of thing. So for us to go back and reverse engineer them was really very musically demanding and, and a lot of fun once we figured it out.
Brian Eno knew nothing of Shearwater, but a song by Modbergs of the band, Loma, caught his attention, and he wound up contributing to a track on the second Loma release, Don't Shy Away. One would have to think that a lot of that had an effect on Shearwater's The Great Awakening, because while this is a band noted for their almost rootsy sound, the new album has electronics all over it. We didn't program in any sequences or anything like that. Everything was played. We had a beautiful little old Italian synth called a, a Juno SX-1000, which did a monophonic thing. I just loved that thing. It was out of tune, and it was very temperamental, but it would just make these beautiful sounds. And electric guitar, I have a love-hate relationship with the electric guitar. Um, it's so much fun to play and such a chore to listen to a lot of the time. <laughs> you know, there is guitar on this record, but it takes a backseat a little bit. I'm The songs of The Great Awakening are personal to Jonathan Myberg, maybe too personal at times. He won't talk about the story behind Akaba, which is clearly a love song. Well, I'm not going to tell you, but I can tell you some resonances that it has for me also that made me want to keep it. One is that Akaba is a place where the Red Sea hits the Arabian Peninsula. And, you know, in Lawrence of Arabia, it's the, the place where he stages his big raid. In that way, it's sort of like a desiderata, you know, it's the thing that you're longing for. It's almost like a mythical thing, like Atlantis or something. Or, or um, But it's kind of a love song, isn't it? It is. Yeah, very much so. And in some ways, probably the most overt one I've ever put on a Shearwater record. Really? I think that's saying a lot. There are a couple, but it's about the experience of love. And they said in the, the press release for it, it's like the way you can feel like being cracked like an egg or broken open. That's sort of the emotional space that that song inhabits. The rushing of love, distortions and shimmers, the stubbornest task flakes song also features a solo by a Guyanese toucan. For most of the Great Awakening, Shearwater was pretty much Myberg and his Loma partner, Dan Dzinski. If you listen to early Shearwater releases, you might not know it's even the same band. Yeah, I hope that's true. I'd love that if that were true. Hopefully you grow and you, you get better at, at doing what you... You know, it's always, if, if I knew what the records were going to be like when I started them, I'd never finish them. The fun is in trying to discover, to challenge yourself and do things that surprise you and, and lead you into unexpected places.
Jonathan Myberg says that Shearwater's The Great Awakening is a perfect album in these late pandemic times. It's out on Polyborus Records. Have a link to Shearwater's The Great Awakening and the posting for this podcast at echoes.org. I'm John DiLibretto. This has been the Echoes Podcast from PRX. See you next time, tonight, on the radio somewhere in the country or at Echoes Online, right now or whenever you want.